Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsaholics. Thank you as always for tuning in. I'm Mize. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, as always, please smash the thumbs up button. We really, really appreciate the support and share the podcast, share our channel with any other Arsenal fans that you think would be interested in listening to us. Uh, so boys, Raj, Aaron and Nero, how's it going? Come on. Very good. Get in. Oh, I, was expect- I was expecting a bit more. Good day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> Our yeah. season isn't over. <laughs> I tweeted like I tweeted earlier today, like basically saying that, you know, on reflection, pretty much every season I can remember, we've always had something to play for in the closing stages, whether it's kind of top four or FA Cup or whatever. And it just felt like if we had gone out today. It would have been the first time that I can remember that we've just had a write-off month or so of nothing. So it's all about DNA, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Ah, I, I'm just so glad we made it boring and you know, completely shut that game down. Okay. Because I, I think all of us, we were, pre- we were fully mentally prepared for like the biggest, most nerve-wracking night of our lives. <laughs> and <laughs> it was just so chill. Yeah, yeah. I think all of us were saying we were quite anxious and nervous early in the game. And then when that was it, the lack of penalty shot, Myers, you, you called it in the group and then no one responded and you were like, is anyone still, <laughs> is anyone still watching this game? Oh, the we second all, half, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all switched off. Yeah. Was, so obviously, yeah, it was, a, it was a comfortable win in the end. Arsenal are now through to the Europa League semi-finals, uh, winning 4-0 on the night tonight. 5-1 on aggregate. Yeah, like you guys said, um, came into this one expecting... A bit of a tougher test, really, based on the first leg. Um, but I guess over the two legs, it, see, we you know we were, we were obviously the much better team um, and we were able to put those chances away this time around um, compared to compared to the game at the Emirates. I mean, just um, we'll talk about the game then, really, uh, and the, the goals specifically, um, you know, as a, a blitz of a first half, wasn't it? Um, well, we got three goals in a short space of time. Um, just before the first goal we scored, obviously there was a disallowed one from Smithrow. Um, bit of a dodgy one, really. Could, couldn't really tell because they don't really show many replays on it. Um, but it looked quite tight. But uh, it was, again, good, it was good work from Saka. A, a really good shot, palmed onto the post and um, Smithrow tapped it in. But it was it was disallowed. And then we kind of went on, didn't we? Uh, well, we carried on from from that point. Um, really, really impressive. Um, Nicolas Pepe getting the getting the first um, looked like he was going to go down, I think, uh, but he stayed on his feet and finished really, really well. Yeah, I, well, I think what was really impressive about the goal, uh, well, I think two like, two fundamentally impressive things. One was ESR's persistence, which was quality you know he he was in a really tight area he kind of lost the ball but kept going and managed to sort of just just hang in there and create that chance it was a really great like deft little pass but what I was most impressed with if you if you watch how Pepe took his goal so the ball the way the ball's rolling it would be quite easy for him to 
allow the ball to try and roll all the way across him. But I think he knew instantly if that happened, then the defender that was closing in would have had a really good opportunity to slide and either tackle him or block the shot. So if you if you look at what he does, he basically, his first movement is inside. He moves his body inside and he basically blocks the defender off. So the defender can't get to the ball. Now he's made the chance a little bit harder for himself. But what this means is he's basically backed himself to be able to score. And he's taken the defender out of the game. So it's just him versus his keeper in a very tight situation. And he finished phenomenally. So, I, I mean, I thought that was a sign of the real skill and quality that Pepe really does have and what we've been dying to see more consistently. But that happened because he was playing on the left and that, sh- mm. that chance came on his left foot. If, if he had started on the right where he's been starting most of the season, don't know if he would have been able to do that. Yeah, I mean, Pepe's looked... Every time he has played on the left, and I know it's been quite rare and he's been in and out of the team, but every time he has played on the left, he's looked all right. Um, and I, I think just because, in, in my opinion, Pepe struggles a bit when he has too many options and too many um, possibilities. And when he's out on the left, it's very clear that he can either just go down the wing and cross it, or like if he's in a position to take a shot, it's on his strongest foot. And... He seems to just thrive a lot better there. Um, you know, maybe there are more technical reasons for why he's preferred and does better out on the left. But yeah, com- he looks a completely different player out on the left versus on the right. Is it that technical? Surely all left-footed players play on the left and, you know, left-back, left-wing and, you know, right-wing, right-back's normally mm, predominantly right? Not necessarily, right? right? Majority, right. majority, right? Yeah, but I mean, he, he, lo- he, loves, he loves cutting in. When he plays on the right, I mean, he got the goal in the first leg coming off the right, didn't he? He was on that side and, you know, um, that, uh, that that was a very, very good goal. And, you know, he loves that move of, obviously it's quite predictable, but he still somehow manages to pull it off. Where he loves that move when he's on the right, cuts it on his left and he bends a shot into the far corner. Often if he's wide, he'll be able to, to cross it, um, you know, an in-swinger from the left-hand side. So I think, I think it's one of these where he's showing that he could probably play on both sides quite effectively. Um, but I think with Pepe, it's probably more a case of consistency. And I think if he gets a consistent run in the team, you know, he's delivering now, isn't he, really? If you think about the first leg and the second leg, he came on and made a difference. He started today. He was, he was lively. He got the goal, obviously. So, yeah, I think, I think personally, I think he could potentially play off, off both sides. Um, gives us good options. I think he's um, definitely improved. I agree. I think he set up the goal mm. as well at the end. I think he mm. came up before... Again, normally, normally rush. I think on the right, normally he'll rush it and just like swing it in. Whereas I think this time he might not just be because he's on the left, more maybe because he's sort of maturing and improving that he kept a calm head and he picked out the pass pretty well. So yeah, it's good to that we're seeing a bit more end product from Pepe now at this time of the season. I think what I like about him now is I think we've all got this narrative in our heads that he's this player that's constantly going to terrorize defenses and boss games. But actually, what he seems to be turning into is, you know, he's not, you know, he will go quiet for periods in the game, but he is capable of those big moments where he can deliver one or two moments of brilliance to make a goal or score a goal, um, sometimes out of, like, out of nowhere. And actually, I'd much rather a player come on and do one or two brilliant things all game than the Pepe maybe earlier on where he tried to kind of boss the game and actually didn't do so well. 
he is really a victim of his price tag, isn't he? Because if you if you ignored the price tag, then even with his first season and his progression since then, it's not been bad. It's just not been what you expect of a seventy. Excuse me, not what you expect of a seventy million pound player necessarily. And um, and I think it really maybe comes down to to that because. You know, he, he's he's for his age. He's still got time. He's still got time to get better. And and I think we are we're slowly starting to see the best Nicholas Pepe in an Arsenal shirt right now. Agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, and perfect timing, really, coming into the end of the season. Um, so in terms of the other goals in the in the first half, uh, the penalty we got a penalty, didn't we? Straight after the the first goal, Saka was fouled in the box. Um, Lacazette dispatched as he's, as he's been doing quite recently with the penalties that we've been getting, and then the third goal, pretty much well, probably by this point the ties almost killed off, if not killed off, although it's still early days in terms of the the ninety minutes. But um, games pretty much killed off with the third goal, and absolutely, well, really, really lovely goal. Uh, from Saka again, I say again because he's been doing it for us all season. But um, you know, Chambers does quite well, doesn't he? he? Plays a nice ball to Saka, and Saka does what um, I've been saying Pepe likes to do. You know, cuts inside and hits a really good low shot into the sort of near post corner. Keeper doesn't move, doesn't have a chance, and uh, we've basically killed the tie off by I think it was about the twenty fifth minute. I think it was we'd scored three, mm. and we all sat back and chilled, and Raj got his ice cream. <laughs> yeah. a little pot of hagen dust it was very nice yeah six minutes six minutes of madness i think um mm. you know with, with with saka's goal one of the things that you know it, it, fine it looked a great goal but the keeper the keeper's got to do a lot better there and what was he doing yeah i mean credit to saka because saka almost just saw him probably it's like, it was almost like saka looked at him and go and thought why are you standing there there's so much <laughs> space on the near post oh my god that's really funny a massive fox is literally staring at me from my uh, patio. Ask him if he wants to join. It's around It'll the size of my dog. It's like a really freaky thing. It's like, I was like, is that my dog? No. Anyway, sorry. Um, he's, he's waiting for another analogy, mate. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there a fox in the box goal that I can use? So, um, he, uh, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I say the goalkeeper was really badly positioned. And actually, I, I wondered for a moment whether actually that goalkeeper's still really affected from his injury because even the first goal, he really, it was a very tight situation where it would have been very easy for him to get blasted in the face. And you felt that he was a little bit non-committal. So I wonder if that, if, you know, if the keeper was struggling a bit, kind of just is just struggling generally. Um, because yeah, that goal he should have done a lot better with. He kind of seemed a bit all over the place, but yeah, credit to Saka. You've got to take the opportunity. You've got to notice that the keeper's in a poor position and then smash it accurately, you know, in, in the right corner. And it was, it was, it was a great goal, wasn't it? Yeah. And what I really liked about, the third goal, and to a certain extent, the second goal as well was, you know, we we were on top and we actually thought, right, we're going to go and kill this game off. And we played aggressive attacking football after we went in front. And, you know, I said in the first leg, um, after the first leg, that maybe the, the scoreline is a bit of a blessing in disguise because it's, it's, it's very clear what we have to do is we just turn up here and score goals. And like, there is no other way we go through this this tie. And I think that mentality of, look, we're here, we need to score goals, we need to get off this tie, just helped us because we we kept going forward, we transitioned very quickly. And that was really impressive how um, typically in the past, we've always struggled to get the ball out of midfield to our front three very quickly. But we did that really impressively, I thought. And when the ball 
was given to the front three, they they were all really clinical in the box, and and we took our chances. Do you think that? Because what I found very interesting was that the first ten minutes weren't like that at all, and we were really mm. slow, yeah. really really slow, and it was almost like there was a switch, and then suddenly everyone just went for it, and. Um, you know, I think this season we've 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 been slow towards the beginning of the games, and that's often actually gone into literally the second half as well. It's gone into you know very late in the game. Do, do you think that there's anything in that? Do you think that Arteta has even today, for example, told them, listen, first ten minutes, just just keep it tight, like suss the game out, like don't don't go crazy, and then at a certain point, then start being more expressive, energetic. Um, do you think there's any element of that? Uh- I don't know if there was a deliberate tactical instruction. I think more it was the fact that probably a bit like us fans, they were probably a bit nervous. They they realised that this is our biggest game of the season and, you know, we have it all to play for and they probably were just, you know, let's take it easy and just not mess up and do something stupid. And then I think eventually they realised, like, we're getting a bit of space here. We're getting the ball in dangerous positions and the confidence grew from there. I think part of it is not having Xhaka in the middle because um, I've always, I think that Xhaka sort of slows the game down a bit too much, especially when we're on the counter-attack. Um, and I think I only alluded to about the goals today was very quick. I always notice when, you know, when we are counter-attacking through him normally, he slows and takes an extra touch, takes two, three touches and the game slows down. And by then, you know, the defence will all be back and then we sort of lose our you know, lose the advantage that we would have had on a counter-attack. So we've been really poor with counter-attacking all season. Um, whereas, and today was, yeah, it just felt completely different where it was just quick passing, quick balls, and we actually sort of counter-attacked with intent. And I don't know if that is maybe because Shaka yeah. wasn't in the middle or... You know. I don't know if it's... I agree. Certainly, it was... We were definitely better at it. I think what it was wasn't the fact that Jacka wasn't there, but the fact that we gave Partey a bit of space... And maybe it's maybe Jacker and Partey just like to play in similar sort of spaces. And the fact that Jacker wasn't there just meant that Partey could boss that space and do what he had to do. And he knew, like, he didn't really have to worry, like, am I in the right place? He knows that if I run into the space, it's mine and I can take the ball and take control of the game. Would you? I thought would you not say, Partey was very good. Would you, would you not say another attributing factor is the, the, the forward players that we played? You know, if you've got people like Pepe... I know Saka starts every game when he's fit, but ESR as well. And yeah, Pepe, you know, very quick. You know, you mentioned the transition, Aaron, and, you know, Pepe on a counter-attack can be devastating, like we like we saw in the first leg, right, with his goal. And those sorts of players that are happy to pick up the ball, are happy to run at players, are happy to try things, you know, it, it kind of makes life, not life quite easy, but, you know, it makes that aspect of the game, you know, in the final third, um, it's a big, it's a big difference playing someone, you know. And again, I'm not bringing, bringing, naming his name to criticize him, but a player like William, who's more of a possession-based player, um, who will cut inside, who will, you know, come inside for a pass, for example. Uh, even a Bamiyang, to be honest, you know, that's sometimes not necessarily his game. I know he plays as the last defender, but he doesn't offer anything in terms of build-up play. So I think that's definitely a contributing factor. The, the, those three that we played, and they were really impressive today. Again. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, how good uh, Smith Rowe. I have always said, like, when you take Smith Rowe off the pitch, we instantly drop a level in terms of how good we look as a team. I know Saka's the one who's been getting all the plaudits and he's been scoring the goals and kind of doing the big 
you know, the big capable of the big moments, but Smith Rowe just seems to make this whole team tick. He's such a clever player. Well, I've got uh, Aaron and Martin Keown in disguise there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of Smith Rowe. I think, well, yeah. I think I'd have got no, I agree. Well and, I agree. Yeah. Um, it was interesting that we only had 39% possession today as well. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Even, in, even in the first half as well, it was something ridiculously, ridiculously low as well. Um, again, stark contrast to rest of like those since post-December where we've been keeping a lot of possession but not doing anything with it. Well, I guess the second half was very much, you know, we we took the foot off the pedal and were happy to let them have the ball and not really worrying too much about... You know, they didn't really offer anything, did no, they? This this, this time around, well, first half as well. Yeah, no, I, I saw, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, but we we were three and up by twenty five minutes, so obviously, yeah. One it's just effective. Was, sorry, yeah. so, all I was going to say, just effective game management, wasn't it? For mm. once, and there you go. But sorry, Nero, go on. Mm. No, so just one point. Like, cause, do you know when we had the penalty? I think it went to VAR for a brief moment. I think, mm. didn't it? What would have happened if it was overturned? Because it's a bit frustrating. I'm still trying to understand the rules. Because when the penalty was given, I think Pepe was in position of was in possession of the ball, and he had a you know he could have done something good with it. If if the referee stopped it, they gave a, gave a penalty, and it was overturned by VAR. Then what would it have been a would have lost that possession? Yeah, wouldn't we? Yeah. A bit. He was about to shoot. Wasn't wasn't he? To, he was about to shoot. Supposed to play advantage. He should have yeah. advantage. So like, if uh, that was overturned, then that would have been a massive talking point. Mm. I wasn't even yeah. sure it was a clear penalty. I need to see it again, but it wasn't. There's a bit of contact, it but penalty. it's not. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really shoot it. I didn't. Yeah, so could have showed like been overturned. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I didn't look, but from the look of it, it didn't really look like there was too much debate from their players, and it didn't feel like there was too much debate from not debate, but you know, it felt like there was just a sense of yeah, that was a penalty from from everyone kind of thing. Um, so. It might have been that it's just a case that there was enough contact to probably give it, um, and it's not one of those things that's going to get overturned because to be overturned, it needs to be an obvious mistake, doesn't it? Like so, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I mean, it was interesting because obviously there was the decision later and later on in the game where Lacazette went down and um, and that wasn't given as a penalty, and and you can mm. argue if that was given, would that have got overturned? You know, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it was a very, very good first half from us, obviously, and pretty much the game was comfortable f- for us from that point on. Uh, and you could te- you could see that from how the second half kind of played out. Um, like, like you said, Nero Slavia Prague had all of the ball, but did nothing with it. And we were able to actually get a fourth, um, a re- another really, really nice goal and a really good finish. Yeah, the good work from Pepe down the left, he picked out um, Lacazette, didn't he? And I think Raju said it, you know, he... I think it was a good first touch and he sort of seemed to uh, lose his chance of taking the shot, but then a little bit of skill kind of, uh, you know, rolls his foot over the ball and then just hits a very, very good low hard shot with his left foot past keeper. And he's in really, really good form now, isn't he, Lacazette? Considering, I don't know if we spoke about this on the pod or just on WhatsApp, but we were talking about Lacazette generally and, okay, we talk about the bigger picture. What do we do with him at the end of the season and in terms of his contract? But um you know he's he's delivering now. He's delivering goals. He's he's delivering performances, and he's he's really stepped up in the in the games that he's been playing for us. Aside from the first leg, I guess. <laughs> Completely, yeah, yeah. And I think you know that finish, the the, the second goal was um, was what Lack is really good at: tight spaces. Uh, you know, almost when when there's not that much time, 
and and he has to do something in a very closed environment where it's basically touch touch bang he's quite good at those kinds of goals um and he's done quite a few in his arsenal career uh he's not necessarily the guy that you want you know running onto a through ball sprinting one on one on the keeper although his goal against sheffield united was very good um and so this was this was just a classic you know uh, uh Lacazette goal it where it did look to me like he had fluffed it actually on the replay it looked like you know it was actually a, a few good touches and he put his ball into a really good position for him to just lash it in um so yeah and really good work from Pepe as well right you know Nero you mentioned before right like just just really good sensible mature basic play um and it was it was a nice way to round it off because uh, arguably, we were all talking right about whether we should have probably taken Lacazette off soon because he's he's already even prior to that goal he's our form striker, isn't he? Yeah, well, it's the first yeah, time he, only, yeah, especially over he's got malaria now, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> to perform. Yeah. It's the first time uh, Lacazette scored, Lacazette scored uh, two goals in consecutive games uh, for us, and first time for him since May seventeen. Which wow. it's mm. not a great reading for a striker, but it's good that he's probably yeah picking up the form yeah, right think now. With Lacazette and this team, it's all about balance. Like, you you put Lacazette and Aubameyang in the same team, I don't think it works. Mm. You put Lacazette up front and you play Willian behind him, I don't think it works. So I think you put those three, you know, mobile, pacey, like players who can run behind him, his role is very well defined. And even earlier with those three players, I was a bit critical because I thought he wasn't, he was dropping back, but then he didn't really seem to have the energy to then go up and get in the box as well. But against Sheffield United and today, I thought he actually did really well because not only did he drop back, but he then had the energy to run into the box and create chances there. So fair play to him. He's doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's a big, uh, what a difference like a week makes in terms of, you know, Lacazette's performance. Uh, or Lacazette um, also like you know we couldn't keep a clean sheet for like 14 <laughs> games before now got two in a row started scoring goals so however negative we were this time last week put it, it's, uh... I'll put it this way I, I, going forward right is one thing right but if I told you in our biggest game of the season we'll be playing Jack and left back and Callum Chambers right back at the start mm. of the season <laughs> what would you guys yeah. have thought or even Smith Rowe being your number 10 start of the season right yeah yeah <laughs> It's a, it's impossible to predict this. Like, uh, you know, so much of this season has been just random. Um, I mean, look, if you told me at the beginning of the season that we'd go away to Prague and win 4 0, then I'd say yes. But how we've, you know, the way that we've got there, as you say, like, it's just, it's just not that predictable. And, um, and like, you, like you guys are saying, I think a lot of the stats are, are sort of being turned around right now. Cause even, even with Lacazette, right, was there was that, that stat about how he was never scoring away from home. And this season he scored mm. actually loads away from home. Like there's lots of things that are getting turned on their head. Um, and uh, yeah, like f- for me, I, th- I think what'll be really interesting is we've played a certain way against Sheffield United. There's a theory that the way that we played against Sheffield United was effectively a dress rehearsal for, for today's game, but whatever it might be, these two games that we scored a bunch of goals and not conceded any, um, mm. What, do we do we do this going forward? Yeah, especially we we'd always talk about him rotating the back four. Like, I think you said maybe it's because we kept the clean sheet last time. It's probably why he kept the same four. But let's keep it at that. Keep it like that. If he's if he's happy, he if he's found uh, 
He won't keep Shaka at left back for long. Surely not. Uh, not Shaka, but at least a centre centre back. Oh, okay, right. So, centre centre back. He's not. He's not been. He's not been tested. He's like had nothing to do. I, I think as soon as he comes yeah, yeah, up yeah. against anyone half decent, he'll it's get holding, exposed. Holding or Murray talking about or both? I'm talking about Xhaka. Oh no no no! Xhaka at left back. Oh yeah yeah. Now of course he'll he'll get exposed. But more about the centre backs. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought was... Gabriel would have jumped. I would have come straight back in. I would have. I thought before the game. Oh, but I think Arteta's one of those where if he finds something that works, yeah, like, I agree, right? He's not been tested and we played against Sheffield United and, and Prague and they're not the strongest teams in the world, but, you know, it works. It works well. Like, what's the alternative? It's not like we're resting someone else for these players. Um, mm-hmm. The alternative there is Cedric, who, in my opinion, hasn't looked great at left back and Xhaka gives us a lot of balance there and with Gabriel, like he has looked very ropey and very error prone, and I think Marie mm-hmm. has been the better centre back in the last couple of months. So, you know, there's an argument to say these are this is our strongest defence. It's not but if maybe you, more because Jacker and like having Jacker and holding or sorry Chambers as well that gives them a bit more flexibility, so they can easily move three into the back and move mm. Jack into midfield. But if you so if if we go into so if we go into the Villarreal game, for example, because in terms of the league, it's hard to predict now how he's going to how he's going to play that. Um, mm. But in the Europa League, would you? So you do you think he? I guess I'm looking at it from this perspective as well, where you've got Danny Ceballos. Okay, he's had a couple of decent games in the last two games that he started. But would you not want Xhaka in central midfield partnering Thomas Partey well, as opposed he- as opposed to Ceballos? Based on what I've seen in the last coming games, up against no. a better team, not like I know it's what, a, it's a very small sample what, size. Why? Because the, what the survives? But I think we've undoubtedly played our best football, scored the most goals, looked reasonably stable defensively. Playing Jacker at left back, playing Partey and Ceballos in midfield. <laughs> when you I, when you say looking stable defensively, though, like what have they had? To, what have that? What have that back four really had to do in the last two games? No, yeah, but fine. like not stably, but in terms of what we were talking about before, if not having Jacker there, that gives Partey a bit more freedom to express himself a bit more. Then surely that's better for the team. I don't think it's as simple a question as being like, you know, is it is Jacker, for example, a left a better left back than than Cedric, or or or, or is, is Jacker a better central midfielder, you know, in our team than Sabas is because. If you look at it, it's more of a question of what system do we actually want to play? Because when Xhaka is playing in this left-back role, it's not as a traditional left-back. He's not getting down the left-hand side. He, you know, He's not crossing the ball in in the final third. It's a completely different tactic. Yeah, and, 100%. And mm. so, so it's more of a question, I think, True. of if Arteta looks at it and goes, I want to play this tactic, whatever this tactic is, which is kind of hard to figure out, whatever it is, if I want to do that, then Xhaka's the the right person in that position but if he wants to go back to having a more traditional left back then Jacka isn't a more traditional left back i mean he can't i oh, know but if Tierney's no 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 but if Tierney is fit there's no way he's going to not play yeah, Tierney of course yeah, yeah. so th- so that's no, we, the, i think that, we're assuming Tierney's out right let's assume yeah. Tierney's out for the season or yeah, pretty much but what yeah. i mean is for Jacka i mean like if Tierney's there he'll never play this system again no no but yeah. but then do you not do you not think i mean it's 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 funny because the remaining games we've got this season in the league they're I say straightforward. They're not straightforward, but on paper, they're decent games apart from, I think it's Chelsea. Um, And obviously it's all about the Europa League, as we keep saying. But even if he's playing Xhaka in a left-back role where he doesn't need to cross the halfway line pretty much, Mm. and he's going to sit 
despite that, as soon as we come up against a team, I don't know who plays on the right for Villarreal. I don't know if he's any good or if he's rubbish, but let's assume they've got a half decent um, right forward, right winger, right midfielder, whatever. I mean, <laughs> as a left back, you need to have a, an a, at least a little bit of a, a turn of pace. You need to have, you know, the ability to, if a ball goes past, you need to be able to turn around, sprint back to cover. He's not got that. And he's just going to get exposed. There's absolutely no way. And this is what I'm saying. I don't know the Villarreal team. I don't know who they play on the right-hand side. So I wouldn't be able to say if Xhaka is going to start the, that that tie, the first leg on on the uh, sorry, a left back or not. But let's assume they've got someone half decent in that position. There's absolutely no way. I, I can't see Arteta. Mm. You know, he's tested it against Sheffield United. Probably with a view to playing Xhaka in this position that he did today, in the same position that he did tonight. But I think then when you revert back to, like if we had a few other teams coming up in the league and the league still kind of mattered, if we had some half decent teams coming up and it wasn't Fulham at the weekend, then I think, I don't, I don't see how you can play Xhaka in that position. He could get, he could get exposed so, so easily. I overall yeah, agree. It's a risk. Go on now, go on, Aaron. No, I was going to say it's, it's a risk. I'm like, I, I can see your logic. I think mm. my the reason why I say we might as well go for it is, A, we've looked good in this system. And I think when we've found something that is that at least to me looks very balanced in terms of not just Jacker at left back, but the whole setup of playing Lacazette, the three players behind him and playing Partey and Ceballos in midfield with Chambers at right back. This looks very balanced to me. It looks nice. It looks like we're creating chances whilst giving mm-hmm. us defensive stability. And the fact that there isn't a real strong alternative, if Tierney was back, I'd say play him because it's worth it, right? But the alternative here is maybe playing Jacko in midfield, playing uh, Cedric at left back. And I think, you know, is that really going to give yeah. you so much more I defensive mean, stability? Yeah. Well, it, you're it, taking away? It, it, I agree with everything you said about who, who plays ahead of him or in the other positions and the setup that we've gone for it all looks really, really good, and it's working. I think you also have to take into account the opposition that we've had the last two games. But my is like um, but all season though, like we've 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 struggled against average teams worse than the teams we've played in the last two games. This season we've done, we haven't really done. Well, but Sheffield United are the worst team in the league. <laughs> yeah, not really since Christmas. Like, yeah, there's been the odd kind of bad performance and stuff. Yeah, but generally it's been as we keep saying, right? It's been a bit better. And I think the other thing to to kind of keep in mind is. What what happens when like you got Nicholas Pepe on the left today, right? Nicholas Pepe, he's all I don't know. He's all right tracking back, but you wouldn't say it's one of his strengths. You know, you wouldn't say it's one of his strengths to 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 cover or whatever. And you don't really want Nicholas Pepe in your own half. You want him down the other end. But if there's a situation where we play against a half decent team and they go two on one versus Jacker, they they double up on Jacker and they just start playing triangles around him. He's got no chance. Like he's just gonna, well, you know. And that's when you that's when you said there's. Well, said that's that's what Aaron's point is, right? Is Cedric gonna? Well, he's a better defender, he's, isn't he's he? Out. Yeah, he's a better defender, right? Like he's, he's better, but I, guess yeah. I know he's not. We'll I, I, it, it doesn't yeah. work with Cedric. It doesn't. Is. It yeah. doesn't work with Cedric on the, uh, as a left back because he's right footed. Mm. That's that's the that's the diff, that's the yeah. you know the issue that we saw. But I think depending, I think it depends on who we're playing against. Really, I think it depends on the the, the, the opposition more than anything. I think it, I think it's easy to say it worked. It did work in the last couple of games, but you have to take into account who we played against. What I do find interesting about it is, because I think it's right, like you, you, we can we can easily say that that the caliber of what Xhaka would have had to face on the right hand side is not like great over the last couple of games. But what I do find interesting is, 
he wasn't really tested at all. And and what I mean by that is, I wonder if actually the system that we have put in place in some way actually affords a lot of protection to him in that he's never, ever really, I can't remember a time over the last two games where it's been a case where he has been up against the winger and, you know, it just so happens that he's good enough to deal with this winger because they're not mm-hmm. that good. It's always felt like actually structurally, we, we've we've kind of, been set up in a sort of way which doesn't expose him so if that if that is the case then you would argue that well it doesn't matter even if we played against a team with better wingers like he still yeah. wouldn't be exposed if we did this yeah. the right way like i i don't know i'm hypothesizing not just jacker actually yeah. but i think arteta's yeah one of the noticeable improvements that arteta has made is that our defense as a whole looks far less exposed versus the Wenger era and the Emery era where, hmm. you know, there were times where like attackers and strikers and wingers would just run out of defense for fun. Um, that very rarely happens nowadays. Um, whoever's playing in our back four, because the system seems to protect our back four considerably more than, you know, the older managers. It's an interesting one because there's obviously no right answer here because we know that when we, I think we can all accept that there Cedric is a better makeshift left back than than Jacker is yeah. right we can still accept that but at the same time I guess the argument is that we know that we still concede goals when we play him left back so it's like it's a very difficult situation I don't think we'll ever have a clear answer I I, I wonder if Arteta might just look at it now and go do you know what this seems to work. And <laughs> let me just go with it. Until it goes I, I wrong, wonder. I think he'll, he might he yeah. might stick with it. Let's yeah. hope it doesn't go wrong against Villarreal. That's what exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, he can't yeah. afford. I'd rather, rather go wrong, rather go wrong in the Premiership game before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. Interesting to see what he does um, with that. Okay, so well, we're through to the semi-finals. Um, we're going to be facing Villarreal, facing Unai Emery, which will be. Hopefully it'll be nice. Um, I was looking at their sort of position in the league and, and, and their recent results. So I think they're seventh in the league. So they're doing okay. Um, they're doing okay. Uh, they've got a guy who's, I don't know if you guys know much about Villarreal. I, I didn't really before before uh, we went through tonight, but they've got um, a guy who I believe is third top scorer in La Liga, Gerard Moreno. Did he score tonight as well? I don't know who scored for Villarreal tonight. I think I think I saw his name pop up. He's got yeah, he did twenty five goals this season. I think it is. He's, he's only three behind Messi. It's so, so interesting, isn't it? Because you know, do you do you guys remember that Emery <laughs> interview? Do you remember that Emery interview where he basically talked about? I, I think he was being criticised for something, and he said, "Listen, like the teams I manage, I always tend to have the top scorer in the league." And he was basically alluding to how he sets his teams up is always trying to get the best out of his best attacking player. And like that's how they structure. And so his argument was like, you know, again, when he had Aubameyang, I think Aubameyang was won the golden boot in, in Emery's like full season. Um, and and so this this is very interesting, seeing the success of this other guy. So, you know, clearly that is an Emery thing. He's like, build a system to, to get the best out of his main goal threat. Yeah. well that's settled then (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 look, we've literally just got through, right? So obviously none of us have really had a chance to have a look at Villarreal in any kind of great detail or, or analysis. And obviously that will happen over the next couple of weeks as we build up to that game. But um, I guess just initial thoughts, guys, really. They're obviously a decent side, but my kind of initial thoughts going into this game are they're, they're seventh in the league. They're not third, fourth, fifth, you know. And... Um, while they might have a guy who scored 25 goals, I still feel like we have on paper, if we turn up, we have the players, the system now, um, you know, the the threat, the dangerous players like Saka, Smith-Rowe, Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette, you know, you can reel the names off now where players are all contributing and um, uh, and, and we're now winning games um, more than we were at the start of the season. And I just feel like it's a tie that we should we should go through. Um, what do you, what do you guys think? Just initial thoughts, really. I mean, if if you look at the other semi finalists, right? Villarreal, Roma, Man United. Villarreal is the one you want. I mm. assume. I mean, I know Roma aren't exactly flying either, but Villarreal, like you said, finds a seventh. You said or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so mm. it. It's not a bad draw. We should. I know we aren't exactly flying at times in the league. And if someone looked at our position in the league, they'll be mm. like, "Well, hey, we're playing like the tenth best team in England right now, right?" So, um, I it I'm I'd be very very annoyed if we don't win it. So I don't. Fine, that is not that tournament. Yeah, I, I I think their biggest threat is going to be Emery. You know, because we can't ignore two things. One, his reputation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Late registration, maybe. Um, We we can't ignore his tournament. We'll we'll bring on our turn, mate. It's all good. Yeah. (laughs) He could probably still play, you know, for sure. Um, He could probably do a better job than Xhaka, mate, in midfield. (laughs) Uh, Xhaka's been excellent this season. A bit harsh, I was going to say, yeah. 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 He'll do a better job than William, for sure. No, I'm sorry to like I'm sorry to like Pepe now, so I need to just take it my frustration out on new players. <laughs> <laughs> I was um I was just saying that Emery's pedigree in the competition can't be ignored. Mm. That's one thing. And I don't I don't think that's just a you know a mental thing. I think that there is something about knowing how to win a competition like this. Um, you know, for the caliber of teams that tend to play in this competition and navigating that. He he can do it better than anyone else. That's his CV. Why, why do you except, think that's except that is, for when he managed think- us? Yeah, What's do you that, think so? Emery just wakes up and says, like, right, Europa League today, I'm going to take this one a bit seriously. <laughs> no, I, th- I think part of it is, as I said, I think it's the calibre of teams that you're up against generally. Like, And I, I think that there is probably a, a way that tactically y- y- you can probably... There, there's probably a tactic that probably tends to work against teams of that that don't necessarily have the elite ability of Champions League sides, um, and and clearly he's a fairly functional manager. I always like felt that approaching games, he was quite good at in-game management and things like that. So, like I think there's a combination of a couple of things, um, and yeah, I think to a certain extent, there's probably there probably is a bit of a mental thing that comes with um, being able to do it. And your teammate, you know, the, the, your players probably look at it and think, "Oh, our manager knows what he's doing, so I'll listen to him and I'll believe in the tactic and execute against that." But the the other reason that I think that he is their biggest threat is he knows us really well. <laughs> he's he's literally been our manager like so recently. He gave debuts to a number of our players, right? Like he yeah. brought through Saka and. Um, 
a lot of these players are players that he's going to know intrinsically well. Could remember the presentation he allegedly gave to get the job in the first place. I know a lot of those players have gone. But my point is, you know, he'll know us. He'll know us. And yeah. he will prepare them well. It's a good point, right? So you go back to what Maya said about Xhaka at left back, right? Emery will 100... If Xhaka is playing left back, Emery will 100% get whoever is playing on the right wing and be like, just run at him. Yeah. <laughs> he will eventually foul you or do something stupid or just try and wind him up and he might, you know, get sent off in yeah. the 25th minute. It's a big advantage, isn't it? It's a big advantage. You know, he knows the ins and outs. He knows a lot of the players, yeah. So, yeah, didn't really think of that immediately, but it's the obvious thing, isn't it, that... Um, little advantages they've got. Um, okay, well, we've got a couple of weeks until that game, I guess. So it's uh, it's nice that our season isn't over. <laughs> um, and we've got another couple of games and hopefully hopefully we can get through that and uh, make it to an, another Europa League final. How massive would that be? Um, so Fulham away, is it? Is it away on Sunday? I think we're at home, are we? Are we we're at home. home. Yeah, we won away first game of the season. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that home. William, we are, right? And he's not showing up since. Um, <laughs> okay, guys, we'll just... Uh, well, thoughts on the game, really. How do you think uh, Arteta's going to play this one again? He's got to be wary of, you know, the guys that are maybe carrying niggles and in the red zone, as it were. People like Saka ESR, who um, have just come back, you know, came back today from... Well, not Saka, sorry, ESR did, um, from injuries. Do you think he's going to change the team up quite a bit? I would use I that game fair. as an opportunity... Sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. No, I said what I would like is like considering who we're playing, it's, it's a good chance to rest, rest like Saka and Smith Rowe and give people like like Reese Nelson a go. Um, we're good to sort Nelson, of. You think Nelson? Do you think he'll do that though? Like yeah. November? No, I don't think he will. You would like you would like him to. I would like him to like just mm. just try out a few players who have been a bit no, no haven't had much game time lately. I think Fulham at home you... is probably the perfect game to be just you know trying something. Try out players who haven't played, you know, for a while before. Give Balogun more minutes. Play Martinelli. Just, you know. Do you think? Do you think Arteta is looking at the league games and looking at the running that we have? As as I think I mentioned, you know, it's a decent running. Well, I think we've got Chelsea in there, but otherwise it's not not bad. Do you think he's looking at the league and thinking there's a there's a chance we could get top six, top seven? I mean. We're still points wise, it's a big gap, and there's obviously a number of teams between us and say six. But do you think basically? I guess, I guess the question I'm asking is, do you think that he's, although he's obviously going to prioritize the Europa League, do you still think he will te- he he will consider the league games almost as important until we just you know it's just never we're not it's not going to happen. You know, there's there's very little chance that we're going to get any higher than sort of eighth ninth. I, I think I'll try. Yeah, I think, he'll go, I think he'll go for it. And I think until it becomes, put it this way, if it's like the schedule is actually quite kind, right? So we've got Fulham on Sunday and then we, we actually play Everton on the Friday afterwards and then we don't have a game until the first leg of the semi-final. So it's, it's reasonably okay. Oh. It's not like where we have to rest good, or it? rotate beforehand. So actually, I think you've got these two games, and on Sunday, assuming no one has any major fitness concerns, if Smith Rowe is doubtful, then don't play him, or Saka is doubtful, don't play him. I think he'll be as close to a first team as possible. But he'll never, in the, I think, until the end of the season, he, he shouldn't risk anyone unnecessarily. No, though. no, I don't think you take a risk, but mm. 
If he doesn't need to fit. risk anyone. Exactly. No I think risk. it's more that. It's fit. If, if they're fit, they'll play. I don't think he's going to use the Premier League games to play people into form. I think he'll keep trying to play what he thinks is, is his best side. And he's going to be playing Fulham, who have lost four games in a row, like at home. And he's, I mean, I, I hope what he's going to do, I imagine what he will do is play this, this setup against Fulham I think he'll go out and go just just go do this against Fulham and, and let's let's see what happens mm. um and the lineup will just be dependent about who's feeling fit and, and all that um and and like 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 you say Aaron, because we've got that gap we've got we've you know we've got that gap to Everton and then there's a there's a decent gap to to um to the Europa League game there's an argument to say actually you want to keep your players playing and yeah, and and true. you know and fit so yeah okay all right. Um, so let's get predictions, guys, for the game on Sunday. Nero, what do you think? What do you think it's going to go? Uh, I'll say two new Arsenal. Confident, Raj. Yeah, I I'm going to go with two one. I don't. I think it, there'll be an element of hangover there, actually. Um, but um, but but Fulham, are, yeah, Fulham aren't good. Four losses in a row. <laughs> uh, for, for four losses in a row. They're in the relegation zone. I mean, how many points are they off Newcastle? Six, six, six off Newcastle. Yeah. I haven't played six a game off more. Newcastle. Exactly. Like I mm. thought, Fulham would turn it around, answer. but they yeah to have gotten worse. So yeah, they they don't score enough goals. Like mm. basically, do they? They just don't <laughs> score <any> goals. <laughs> they don't score goals, but you still don't trust us to keep a clean sheet against. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> it's true. That's us. Just that's us. That's my faith in us. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a yeah. goal, mate. No. Yeah, we something like that, isn't it? Like so, Jack yeah. at left back. <laughs> I, 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 I just hope. I just hope. And I know we've got to go to Aaron's prediction and, and your prediction ones, but like, I, I, I just hope we we don't just go. Oh, let's do second gear and let's just jog this one out. Like you know, let's hope we properly play. Yeah. Mm. Go now. Okay. Um, I will go one nil to the Arsenal. So I think wins. it will be a bit of a hangover, um, yeah. but I think we'll edge it. We'll we'll get a penalty or something like that, and it will be a not very fun but productive win. Productive, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> productive. So we'll, we'll leave. We'll leave with three. We points. might get four points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First goal of the season for William. You reckon, Aaron? Oh wow. No. Has he not scored this season? No. Nah. He's had like two shots on target all season. Like, he's a he's a chance creator, mate. No, he's a chance creator, yeah, whatever. Um, he's hit the post he's hit the post a couple of times. Yeah. Oh that that counts, right? Yeah. yeah. Um all right, I guess uh I'll go I think yeah, I'll be I kind of agree with you guys. I think we'll win. Um Maybe a slight hangover. I'd go two one. Can't really see us keeping three clean sheets in a row. Um, yeah, I'll go two one. All right, guys. Again, lovely chat. Good to speak. Um, so we'll be seeing everyone again next episode following the Fulham game. But yeah, in the meantime, cheers for that, and see you next time. That's nice one, boys. See you, hey, boys. See you guys. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Uh, bye.